welcome to the Human Project Podcast. Here we have inspiring stories worth spreading. I am your host, Karina Rosa Feikenberg. It's another fancy episode of the Human Project, your podcast for, I hope, some inspiring stories. I'm sitting here with my new friend, might I call you so? Ooh, yes. Yes. Chanel. We are packed in a little collectivo and we are heading up and down the mountains. Chanel, who are you? <laughs> I, um, it was recently my birth rebirthday and someone called me a glowing light of uh, positive energy. So I think that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and I can sign that. I really enjoyed the day we are having to get today. We met a couple of days ago in Guatemala. And I ask you to join the podcast. Why are you here on my show? Mm, ah, because I uh, met this vibrant lady and she was excited <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to take me on an adventure, you told me. <laughs> I feel like fishing for compliments. <laughs> I invited you as, uh, it seems to me, your life is very colorful. It's, it's, it's various, it's different. And I think this is what marks him. Maybe even why you could keep up with the sunshine within your heart. Um, is there something you would like to share? What you would say is what your life is right now consisting of? What are you doing? What is the purpose of your daily work right now? Mm, I'm always uh, trying to find ways to drop in, connect with the world and find ways to to serve all this beauty in this world that sometimes I think goes underserved. And so the way that I'm doing that these days is a project called Frequency, and it's spelled free as in freedom. Uh, and Frequency is a system that's been driven by the question of what is the underlying thing that connects us all. And we all know that we are energy. We're, we're taught this. We know this scientifically. But when we move in the world, we're being disconnected from this idea. And no wonder we feel disconnected from each other, from nature, from cultures. And so been developing a system inspired by the seven frequencies of color and connecting everything from neuroscience to Vedic yoga, Chinese medicine, Western psychology. And, um, and creating this system as a way that people can start to evaluate, what do I need right now? Where am I right now? And what can help to uh, create harmony and balance in our lives? You know, we, life is so complex and moving so quickly and so much stimuli, especially in the quote-unquote advanced world. And, um, you know, with all these advancements, we need to upgrade our inner operating system and uh, start to have a sense of, you know, if we look at the seven color frequencies and how they connect with the world, you know, how are we nurturing our sense of home, our sense of grounding? How are we nurturing our passion, our expression, our joy? How are we expanding our hearts, stimulating our minds, expressing our voices and seeking greater purpose in our lives? And that enlightened joy that we all desire. And so we start to look at those things and, you know, maybe it can help guide what we should be giving to ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis so we can cultivate everything that we're transmitting inside of us. Because if I take care of my inner Janelle and, 
you take care of your inner cocolina, then we have something better to share with each other and with all of the environments we've been moving through in this colorful market that we were in today and how we, we show up in that space. I like that idea a lot. I mean, the world is undergoing, I think, a very interesting, let's call it shift. We are facing a lot of problems and I like your perspective on it because at the end, the outer world is what we carry within us, right? So war is not only on the outside and there are many ongoing wars that are not in the media focus. So bringing it back to the internal world, how can we find the best inner peace? Like we all have parts within us that sometimes make us become angry, jealous, all those negative aspects. And then we, each of us is having, I believe in that, peaceful parts. How can we make sure that those peaceful, loving parts become more overwhelming is there anything that life has taught you do you have any special way of finding them back that inner peace that can also then bring the light towards the outer world you know absolutely i you know there's many paths to accomplish anything and i often think we need a very diverse set of tools and a toolbox to feed those things for me personally i find that um listening to we're hearing a truck go by here yes, we're still in a packed in a packed car i don't know how many <laughs> and earlier we were in a chicken bus and i you know but it's a perfect example i was actually leaning back in the chicken bus with this big smile and like we the, the guy was like slamming on the horn yeah. so loud and yet still felt so peaceful and joyful being there and like permanently because we passed some serpentines like for some like one and a half hours or so and he was permanently and constantly making the noise right <laughs> so how did he manage to find because he was still smiling at the time one and a half hours and a little chicken bus <laughs> you know i think that like i mean when you're give yourself permission to go out and live your dreams to venture out and be curious about the world to breathe deeply and take in the little things like how often do we just sit in the sun and just breathe for a minute and feel the sun charging us. It's literally charging us. You know, how often do we take off our shoes and just feel the grass under our toes? You know, when we come near a person, how often do we just put a hand on them and more consciously feel them next to us rather than just treating it like a passing commercial? You know, when someone passes us something, do we look into their eyes and connect with them at a deeper level? And, uh, you know, those are some of the many things, but I think the biggest thing is to really take in the moment because life goes by quickly, it's a fast ride, and at the end we take nothing with us. But the spirit we've been living with, right? Which brings me to the beginning of the day. We got up very early, we met around seven, something like this at the lake. We wanted really to be early as nine-ish or something in this mercado. At the end, we arrived there at noon. <laughs> Everything went different. It's Sunday, so the chicken bus doesn't run regularly, so we had to wait for two hours. And it was a beautiful lesson today, right? Because I think you mentioned it when we had that lovely view over the lake, nothing was planned. So there was two options, either get annoyed, we were not there in the market of time, it took us like hours at the end to arrive there, we wanted to, or to go the other direction. Absolutely. You know, if there's, so, so to, to add a point, had we gone another direction, we probably would have arrived hours, hours earlier. <laughs> we went the long way. Yes, the long but, way. <laughs> but guess what? The long way is sometimes the most scenic way. Yeah. 
and and because we were both open to it and without expectation then we were delivered one beautiful market after the next filled with beautiful fruits and brightly colored people Ah, see, we have to pay for the bus. <laughs> Those are the daily obligations. Yes, yes, sí. Sí. Muy bien. Yeah, so you have to surrender what's in that moment. I have 10. Do you also have 10? I read it. You do? Well, great. <laughs> um, I wanted to say something because we do not really know each other. We went a couple of days ago. And I think situations like those we had to face in the morning, like, oh, something is not working out. Yeah? It can also create a different energy. You spoke at the beginning about energies. I think what I really liked is, like, can I talk about it? Because you said, shit, I know my monthly period is coming as well worst moment i'm not prepared and i have cramps and holy shit we are there it gets hot we don't even know if we can leave at all you remember <laughs> so this is like <laughs> not to get too graphic we actually left <laughs> we left one place that's on one side of a lake that's as big as a seam and all the stores were closed and if you're a lady then you understand that that is like major alert going off in your brain you're like oh boy and so i could either go back to my room and curl up in a ball and 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 uh, wait for the stores to close or i could you know get creative <laughs> I like it. I like it. jump on a bus and expect that a store would be open and so eventually after much wandering we found a store and everything worked out but i liked it because your mood didn't drop i could feel you were in pain and okay but your mood didn't drop and this mm -hmm. is like spectacular mm. as well when you again also like traveling together like newly found friends it can also then it's a question how do you surrender that energy mm. that is different can you go together on that kind of adventure or not and i really am very thankful because we did it was a gorgeous day <laughs> and the energy we created yeah was also on the market you see like we we're together but nonetheless we couldn't explore each of us and then we were finding ourselves in that busy marketplace again energy getting back to energy um, I know that your background, Chanel, is um, particular. You are, you are, you're, were born in America, in, the, in, in Florida, but you have roots that go back to Cuba, the Caribbean island. To what extent would you say, I mean, I was there, people are amazing, amazing. It's so not Germany, right? They do have this kind of, in Italian we would say, Dolce Vita. You have this kind of joy of life and now after having spent time with you i think i can see part of it you are so full of joy would you say that part of it is cultural would you say that even maybe you inherited it or would you say it's just the environment that makes people become differently like in a colder area scandinavian area or deep russia it's different you have less sunshine more dark hours whatever in the Caribbean, I see the palm trees, I see the sea, yeah, the fresh breeze of the sea. I mean, absolutely. You know, the environment always inspires, right? We we've been we met uh, spending time on Lake Atitlan, and it completely revitalized my spirit being there. You know, so change definitely makes a thing. Now, I'm definitely particular to sea salt, air, breeze, and sunshine. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but you know, I I live in Miami. I've spent time in Cuba, and 
um, you know, I've had family and friends just like anywhere in the world where there are days that even though they're living in paradise, uh, they feel like we're living in a state of war or sometimes they've been in the, the opposite situation and been in great peace or, you know, I've been in, I remember being in Cuba with someone whose husband had just been taken away by the police, but they were sitting pretty peacefully. And I asked them, I said, how can you smile? Your, your husband was just taken away. And she said, if I sat here and cried, I'd cry every day. Wow. So, wow. so why, why bother? And, you know, I mean, we all need to process our emotions, but there's definitely something to be said about, I think Cuba definitely inspired in me questioning different states of freedom. Mm -hmm. So some of us have physical freedom. Some of us live in beautiful places. Some of us work and have spiritual freedom or intellectual freedom. And so that's where the free and Quincy comes in is how do we free, you know, the, the first few colors of the rainbow that translate to chakras uh you know some of those are really going to help ground our body and help us free so today my body was hurting but my spirit was able to not sit in the experience of my body um as you move into through the other colors you're starting to work through your heart your mind and so as you go balancing these energies within ourselves and feeding them and nurturing them and loving them then we're able to carry ourselves through the world in, you know, in more joyful ways. And the world is facing challenges daily. Um, you know yourself because you run also a production film company and you're a film documentary specialist. And um, I remember you told me something about a Cuban project where you work together with young people and ask them for their wishing and what they wish for in life, right? What was your key takeaway? Hmm. <laughs> My big key takeaway is how much they gave me in the process of asking them those questions. Oh, nice. And how much we think that we're serving others by caring and taking the time, but how much our souls and minds are fed by simply being curious. Um, I remember one boy in the countryside just saying, I just really, really, really would love for you to get me these books. Um, you know, other people have been, you know, I just, any opportunity to leave here. I saw these dancers choreograph and the choreography they created was a girl creating wings and flying. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing was just to see the yearning in their eyes. They're yearning for opportunity. And so the question is what, you know, if we have opportunities before us, what do we do with them? And we feel these pressures by society that are, Uh, you know, I was thinking earlier today, there's all these systems in the world, political systems, economic systems, social systems, and they all have energy centers, just like our cells, just like all of the systems of our bodies. And they have power centers that are driven by certain ideals and values. And we're answering to those energy systems. And so how do we start to reorient to sort of hit the reset button and say, what does really matter here? <laughs> you know, um, my uncle Jamie uh, was a vibrant, amazing person, worked so hard all his life. And he postponed taking time off. And, you know, our family really struggled when he passed away a couple weeks ago. And because we knew that this great person deserved joy and deserved you know, to live out his dreams. And right before uh, I came to Guatemala, I was actually not having a great week. And I, but I had the 
practice of sitting down and asking myself, where would I love to be? Oh. <laughs> and I imagined a lake. And an hour later, many things manifested to point me in the direction to Guatemala, which I don't know if I should say this on a podcast, but I flew to Guatemala for 45 US dollars one way. <laughs> so, you know, there's opportunities are not locked down by time or money, um, only by imagination. This brings me to a following up question. I sometimes, in particular, I used to work together with people, like, and my impression was that 80, 90% love to be in their victim role like complain and talk how miserable they are but don't go into this area where you can find luck and juiciness and fullness mm -hmm. and again I've said so both of us I think I speak also for you we are so happy I mean to mean to travel is like something that is is for me like the greatest gift in life because I learned so much through travels And I know that there are many people out there who dream about going for a travel, but they can't. Maybe they think only they can't, but some of them financially just can't. Getting back to the original point, do you think people dare being happy? Or would you say, like, look at the news. A large part of the news are miserable. Why don't we talk about the rainbow and the luck the girl next door had just yesterday? Well, you know, we, we have to become... I think we have to get down. <laughs> we have to get down, I think. Is that key for No, 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 amigo. Ah, okay. You want to escape? You want to escape? No, no. no. I know. I will snuggle up on next to you, no problem. <laughs> I don't give up on this question. <laughs> so we, we, I, I really, um, what I've observed, you know, I've done a lot of social work in the world. I've also worked in film and television. Um, from LA to New York to Miami and those um, uh, and in major commercial television and, and film production and I started to become so keenly aware of the the perceptions that we have and how they're created you know so oftentimes each person lives in a bubble that bubble per per persisting uh, pardon me um including like where they live, where they work, where they go home, usually certain streets within even certain cities. And then they put on the television. And so our perceptions are so often being created by literally where we frequent and the things we watch. Mm -hmm. And and no wonder people go to places around the world and expect those realities to look like their own when in reality they're so diverse mm -hmm. and so beautiful. Um, no wonder people think that the world is this terrible place at times and then stress and fear and yet we, we can both attest to the fact that you move through the world and there is so much beauty and enchantment to discover on every corner you could see a very poor child sitting on the street like we have but in beautiful bright colors and so obviously loved that it just you know opens up your heart and heals you and humbles you you can look upon something beautiful and realize just how small your problems are um, I was definitely, I think when moving through the world, one gift that I definitely have is I've been deeply loved by my parents mm -hmm. and I cannot be more grateful to that because I think we all, what we crave is that sense of love. And when we do, we feel a greater sense of stability within ourselves. 
And so it's easier to, um, to, to not see ourselves as victims, but to understand that life is a complex, crazy journey, but that we are empowered in every moment because we are fueled by a sense of love. What about that you? Is something that's, <laughs> no, that is something that is very special, what you said, like you could feel the love of your parents. Um, when we were on the way to the market, you showed me a picture. It was so funny because we were the two parents of you, each of them having one part of one class, right? <laughs> a point you broke before. Um, and I was about to ask, are your parents passing a happy marriage? And then you said, they separated. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is there? Apparently they get along very well, right? Yes, um, I, I'm exceedingly proud of my parents. Um, I think that they have remained in incredible friends. They work together, they give each other work, they collaborate. Um, you know, we all have our shortcomings, but at, at the end there's a sense of family that they've gifted my brother and I with so that we can still commune together as a family and the particularities of relationship status are, are not what defines our experience together and I, I couldn't be more you know proud of them for that you know, and 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 you know likewise we have the opportunity to forge friendships that extend beyond status at any moment getting back to the energy aspect you have a lot of energy <laughs> without doubt and you gift some of your energy to help others You run even an NGO? Um, It's the Roots of Hope, right? Ah, so I was a co-founder oh, of a nonprofit uh, that I uh, was uh, volunteering probably from 2004 to 2012. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then more recently with massive protests across Cuba, I, um, I once again activated, uh, you know, my love for Cuba in... Uh, partnership with Roots of Hope and with all types of diverse volunteers, many Cubans themselves, um, some of them programmers from Cuba, and created a website working with attorneys to represent people that were, you know, expressing their voices and being hurt in the process. Where do you take that energy for the social engagements? Do you think it is somehow linked, and now I go a bit back in your, in your history, it was in the 50s and the 60s, where your parents emigrated from Cuba, so they had to start a new life. They chose Florida, known as a very Espanol community, huh? feeling like maybe a bit home because it's not that far away. Do you think that has marked you? Because you also did the documentary on Cuba, so there is, of course, a connection. Um, Where do you think it comes from, that source? Because a lot of people I know, they claim, oh, yes, I want to help, right? But they're not doing it. So you are doing it. So what is the difference? Where do you get that? Now I'm going into action in that regard. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't say specifically, but I do have my grandfather's example. Um, <clears throat> he went uh, blind in Cuba and uh, is a political prisoner, even though he wasn't political. And uh, when he came to the States, he came with, uh, as a single father with a four and five-year-old. And for the first 10 years of their life, we're, we're not exactly clear how they survived. And, um, you, know, shoot, you know, flash forward to the end of his life, my grandfather had developed incredible scoliosis, and yet he would, um, you, you would hear the horn 
uh, honk because I moved into a, a duplex with my mom and we would help take care of him. And uh, he was, I said, uh, where are you going? He said, ah, I called el transporte, the transport. And uh, I'm going to go to, he would go, he organized singles, widows groups, spiritual groups, Knights of Columbus. I mean, he was just active and he never felt sorry for himself a day in his life. And then, I mean, honestly, I, I thought people that did like peace work were kind of cheesy. <laughs> I was completely ignorant. But, um, and I, I did not have Cuba on my radar. I was living in New York City when my brother invited me on a trip. And being in the countryside, meeting young people that were brilliant, vibrant, gorgeous, and yet just, you know, cruelly denied opportunity and and the ability to, you know, f you know, express and evolve themselves, it just captured my heart in a way that wouldn't let go and wouldn't allow me to continue my path in New York. Wow. Your grandpa met even Ernest Hemingway, right? Mm-hmm, that's correct. Uh, my grandfather on my father's side, um, Jaime Gates, he was a writer, a poet, a uh, multi-hyphenate, as my, as my a friend of mine wow. called me. And he uh, went to Ernest Hemingway and knocked on the door and asked if he would donate to start a newspaper. <laughs> the The funny thing is, be you as well. I don't know why. <laughs> totally. Like and the funny thing is, is that it could have that I've heard two versions of the story. In one version of the story, Ernest Hemingway gave him his first money. In the other version of the story, he denied him. <laughs> so we don't know if Grandpa got money or if, or if Hemingway sent him away. I'm not sure. <laughs> When you have a look on Cuba, what is your biggest wish when it comes to the Cuban development? You still have relatives there? Um, connected to? So, not so much. I have distant relatives on my grandmother's side. Everyone ended up immigrating little by little. Um, but um, my biggest dream is for the people to, for repression to end in Cuba and for people to be able to think, feel, express, and be uh, however they desire however they themselves elect. Um, I There's so much talent and energy in Cuba. The Cuban people have... I've spoken to intellectuals around the world about this theme that are Cuban and from other things, and they theorize that at some point Cuba was literally the... Um, the gateway from the east to the west uh, when you're talking about the Caribbean and the Americas. And so they feel like it was just this amalgamation of influence and like energy, the more diverse the stimuli, the more we develop our develop ourselves. And so that's why I theorize people in New York City tend to be quick-witted and people in uh, a place like Cuba tend to be <laughs> very multifaceted, or at least they would like to think so. <laughs> You ask a Cuban and they're like, I don't know how to do it, but I will fix it even if it's with a bottle cap. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love the most about the Cubanian, do you say Cubanian way of living? Cubanos? Cubanos? Um, you know, I, I, when I go to, gone to Cuba, people say, Tu eres cubana, uh, and I live in a neighborhood called Little Havana, for crying out loud, and there's chickens crossing the road. But I'm very much a miamense. I'm a Miami, or as I say, mi Havana girl, uh, and, and someone that I feel connected to the world. And I think Cuba just represents the melting pot of the world to me, and, and what that melting pot is the best of 
us when we give ourselves the opportunity to laugh more, to uh, take things a little bit lighter. Even when we're going through terrible times, there's nothing that laughter can't help you transcend. And uh, and then we have sabado soda, you know. We, we're a little we're a little spicy, and we love to move and shake. And our dances are very fun, liberating, and it's very cathartic to to have that to commune in that way. Isn't it like difficult then to somehow integrate in the American way of living? Well, I uh, hmm. how do you find your I mean, again, Florida is different. It's not yeah, New yeah. York. It's not Washington, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Miami is definitely its own country within a country. <laughs> a, a little little country is definitely. It's I would say the only city I've been to in America where uh, immigrants uh, can can take charge. Um, but you know, I've learned a lot from from the United States. I've been very blessed. Um, You know, we do have an incredible amount of diversity. And, and so, you know, there's different ways. You know, when people say New York or Florida, I say it's literally apples and oranges, just like Germany and the Americas would be so diverse. You know, we, we all have our, our gifts and the things to learn from each other, you know. Uh, I learned my, my uh, get, it, get it done attitude from New York City, and I learned my love and take it easy from Miami. Mm. You, know? you mentioned the cruise of today as well that you were once... Uh, in touch with young women and girls that got displaced because of natural disasters, for example. Um, is there anything you would like to share about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a, uh, a brief but impactful journey to Haiti with Women and Girls Initiative, and they work with help empower girls that have been displaced due to natural disasters, such as, and Haiti sadly has been plagued by you know, earthquakes, hurricanes, not to mention social, economic, and political problems. And, and so they would um, help to support these girls in school, help them get therapy to transcend uh, their, um, unfortunately, are very vulnerable, especially for sexual abuse um, in these displacement camps. Um, and then they participate in these yearly conferences, which is basically like a... Uh, a a humble gathering in the countryside but with facilitators and um you know these girls had been through horrible things one girl told me that she was in the bathtub with her brother when a hurricane hit and something fell in the house and her brother was taken and uh, even those girls that have seen horrors that no one should um found a way to smile and they found a way to find the sparkle in their eyes and Even if it was giggly plugging, pulling on my hair, or asking, you know, asking about me as as best they could in our broken up language, um, or taking them to the beach, there they they found that joy. And so, if we muster the courage and push ourselves, we can too. Mm. Looking at you, international eloquence, intelligence. And beautiful. And you used to be a dancer, right? Don't forget that. I mean, Adios mio. Then you know where to start when I talk about you. Who could, who would you say, due to your experience, because if I might say so, you are also over 40 a bit as me, who do you view as the perfect counterpart? I'm not talking necessarily about a relationship or a, lover, a loving relationship. With whom can you get along the best? Um, you have a very, I think, sense kind of openness of mind. So what would be the minimum requirement you feel like you can connect the best with? Hmm. With that also cheerful 
humorous personality? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. Um, you know, I've thought about it, and I'm I feel proud of myself that I feel like I I um, I move through many diverse communities. Um, everything from you know people of influence to people of zero influence, but hard influence. <laughs> and um, and I love moving through all those environments, and I appreciate all people. But I would say as I start to become more conscious of my energy and how I'm feeding it, I think that when you're with a person and you leave them, how you feel afterwards mm. is a big indicator of how they compliment you. That doesn't mean that who compliments me is going to be who compliments you. We, we all have different predominant frequencies, mm -hmm. right? Um, but for me personally, as people who are inspired, people that that joy de vivre, the, uh, the people that... Uh, open to life that are curious um that are and they're deep uh deep within in integrity and value you know we were going through the market today and you smiled at everyone you thanked everyone you used their language and called them amiga or amigo like that's those simple things speak uh to the type of pre people we are when we move through the world and so I want to be inspired and I'd hope that I inspire you and if we could do that for each other it makes life so much easier when we're going through those hard times speaking of which Just recently for my birthday, my brother created a website with beautiful words shared by people that I love. And it was the greatest gift I've ever been given in my life, both by my brother and all of the participants. And I realized how often do we just sit, breathe, open our hearts and tell someone what we love about them. How amazing is that? I hit, by the way, I cried like a baby. I've only been able to listen to him a little bit at a time. Uh, but let's see, Cocolina, yes. you are vibrant and intelligent, <laughs> stylish, sassy, and very multifaceted. I'm getting red. I'm getting red. <laughs> oh, and thank you. Thank you so much for taking me on this unexpected journey. It was amazing. I really enjoyed the day. And I now have my mind is full of those local art stuff. I mean, we have seen so much art stuff, right? handicraft work like coming from Guatemala and maybe even some places around it's always touching my heart to see how much work was done into certain clothes and then we just spoke about it you go over those cheapy shops like H&M or Sara it's no comparison right and sometimes nonetheless we were asking today as well oh is it worth 20 US dollar and then the second thought is of course how randomly do you pass in those shitty shops and just give us money because you don't you don't know you're not You're not aware at that very moment. We are all no heroes. Me neither, right? We have those weak moments in life and those strong moments. But I take with me today this those sunshines, your sunshine, and the beautiness of this local market and how nice those things still are. And I think they are so random to be found. The world becomes so unified when it comes to energy, right? There is an energy that sometimes is not good, I have to say. It's like... It's a rollout. It's like a rollout marketing thing. And I know we get, we get all realigned too much. I miss some diversity. Like here in Guatemala, they speak a lot of local languages. It's unbelievable. I hope for them they can keep that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to the frequency of colors, you know, whether it's, you know, Miami, that's a sun-kissed sun orange 
prevalent energy or a dark indigo, very intellectual New York or where we're at now that is deeply grounded in like a deep red, but then filled with all these vibrant colors and people transferring their energy into handmade work. You feel that, right? You you feel that. And I, I really hope that we take the time to purchase and support things that are local, that are handcrafted, that are handmade. Because as we move increasingly into this quote-unquote modernization, what are we losing in the way? What energy are we shifting towards? What, are, what vibrancy are we losing? Um, and at the end of the day, if computers take over everything, what is left? And so, you know, what is left is our culture, our colors, our music, our sound, our, the things that, that humanity uh, and only humanity have. This would be a perfect end, but I still have three more questions. For you. <laughs> oh, boy. You don't need to answer all. Like you say, like, Joker, go for it. What was the craziest place you've ever been naked? um so i don't know about crazy i can't say that i'm a a nudist but hey nudity is fun (laughs) but uh i remember my friend christian de la huerta uh he invited me to this retreat in actually uh, um just outside of new york and we were in this beautiful natural spring reservoir in this beautiful handcrafted home I'm sorry. <laughs> a dog just ran, a puppy just ran straight into our bus, and fortunately, gracias por parar. And our bus driver very calmly braked in time, and the puppy has survived. <laughs> wow. Okay. Back to nudity. No. <laughs> So, feeling like a wild puppy running into the street uh, in the midst of this retreat, uh, we were invited if we wanted to uh, to undress in in this, you know, at night it was uh, still very dark and jump off of a platform into the spring and and then we kind of uh, were trying to float. And wait, wait here, Jamal, because now we have arrived. I have to hug you. I have to thank you for oh. this very spontaneous food. I would have loved more questions, but we, we maybe have a, yes. have a continuation. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you May you sure. jump into all the colors and frequencies. Much love to you all. Love to you. Nothing more to say. <laughs> love and big kiss.